Welcome to Anturia Diaries Prequel Stories, written and narrated by Heather Lynn McMillan and copyright 2022. Content warning. The Anturia Diaries prequel stories consistently feature themes of graphic violence, profanity, controversial topics, and sexual content. As such, these podcasts are not suitable for listeners under the age of 18. Some episodes also contain more specific themes which may be triggering. These episodes will feature further content warnings in the notes. Please take care of yourself and don't hesitate to ask for help if you need it. The morning came quickly for me as I slept profoundly and uninterrupted. I washed up and changed, and Mellis brought breakfast to me. She set my table and then sat down, waiting for me to finish dressing to join her. I sat down and pulled my hair into a long, low ponytail. Good morning, Kyla, she said to me kindly. Sleep well? Yeah, actually, I slept hard. I realized I was hungry. Good. Are you ready to attend your naming ceremony for the Imlad e Fathwolive? She sipped her tea and looked at me over the cup's rim. That was their phrase for a fight to the death. Before I even went to sleep last night, I knew who I would choose. I didn't want to pick this person because I didn't want to be alone in a desert with no one to help me. I wasn't sure if I could tolerate dying in such a way were I to lose against this particular opponent. Only one person I could kill from the group that I came to know since I arrived in the Duroy community of Altude. This opponent was the most skilled in hand-to-hand combat. By no means was this opponent the weak one I envisioned choosing when I first learned I would have to name someone in a fight to the death. But those I met that were more vulnerable at fighting were all till with Teg, whom I could not bear to kill. It's true. I feared him the most. The funny thing is, I didn't fear him just for my sake alone. I feared what he was to other females in this community. While his type was rare in civilized communities, as they were outcast here to DeRoy once discovered, I have heard of his kind before. Males forced females into sex through physical force, trickery, emotional or psychological force, or more unspeakable actions. I only ever saw him treat me this way, but I had a strong feeling from how everyone tap-danced in conversations about him that he was this way with other females in Altude. The community might benefit from my choice of him if I win this fight to the death in the desert. However, were I to lose, I would die in a most disgraceful way after being a victim of his desires. He would mean to strip me not only of my clothes, but of my dignity. This fear was what I wrestled with this morning as I sipped my tea with Mellis and ate my breakfast. Once I finished eating, I found strength in myself, deciding that should it get to the point where I knew defeat was imminent and I could not overtake him, I must find a way to either take my own life before he had his way or make sure he understood after he's had his way that he did not conquer me before he kills me. This fucking asshole would not break me, even if he would rape me and then kill me. My face must have been hard in its expression because Mellis put her teacup down and looked at me kindly. 
knowing the dangers of what we face, and still choosing to move ahead because of the potential good outcome, demonstrate strength of the desert, the strength of the soul. Only those with that type of strength survive here. You have it, Kyla. Do not ever doubt it. My face softened. I wondered if she could see through my heart to know what I was thinking, who I had chosen, or why. Or, I wondered, did they mean for me to do this? Was everyone else plotting for this to happen? Why did I have a strange sensation of a gentle manipulation at work? My senses were all tingling on edge, but I ate the last of my breakfast and pushed my plate away. So how does today work? I asked her. She leaned back in her chair comfortably. Well, at midday, I will escort you into the community center where everyone will gather. There is a dais where I will stand with you, and Mont V will ask if you accept your challenge to become a part of our community by engaging willingly in the fight to the death, or decline the challenge and find yourself locked in our prisons for the rest of your life. I laughed inside my head. What a fucking choice. It was no choice at all, was it? It would be for some, but it was no choice for me. It was a forced decision, and every single one of them knew it. She continued, If you accept, you will name your chosen opponent. That opponent will join you on the stage and accept or decline your challenge. I lifted an eyebrow curiously. Someone can decline my challenge? What happens then? I asked. She shrugged. If they are challenged and then decline, they must sit in your stead for the rest of their life in prison or the rest of your life, whichever ends first. Another freedom of choice. How kind of them. I had no fucking doubt that my opponent would accept my challenge. It was not in him to be challenged by anyone and back down, never mind a female. Mellis continued, Once your opponent accepts, you all gather up your supplies, as much as you can carry and all your choice, and then we take you in two capsules that travel out of sight from each other and drop you both in different locations in the desert. This was interesting. So we must find each other first and then fight? I asked for clarification. She nodded. Yes, there have been times when both opponents died in the desert, never finding each other to fight. Sometimes one dies and the other finds the opponent already dead. When opponents have found each other alive in the past, one or both are weak from the experience of attempting to stay alive and traveling in the desert. Many mistakes can happen when you are hungry, tired, injured, or weary. I closed my eyes and thought for a little while. I couldn't possibly be that lucky. My opponent would not die before we found each other. I decided to spend the rest of the morning with Mellis, covering the topics I learned over the last weeks in training from the community members of Altude, to make sure they were all fresh in my memory. I ensured that I was hydrated and ate foods that were slower in digestion that would and could hold me over for a long time. I would have many wafers of Ron food with me, but while great to keep you from starving, they were best for immediate bursts of energy and not so much long term. I would save them for later after this morning's food had worn off. I practiced some of my combat moves, did some stretching, worked with Mellis more on the power of voice, and practiced my stealth and disappearing skills. Finally, midday arrived, 
Melissa and I stepped out of my rooms and into the walkway of the community. I followed her to the community center. The walkways were curiously empty and quiet except for us until we got close to the center. Once we turned around a corner, I started seeing large numbers of people gathering where several walkways combined into the center of the community into a wide open cavern with a stage in the middle. Mellis led me through the crowd that parted for us and on to the dais. Mont V stood on the stage and smiled at me kindly before turning to face the group once I was standing beside him. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Imlade Fathwo Life of Kyla Marie. Today we find out if Kyla becomes a part of our community, part of us, part of the desert. The crowd gathered to watch, cheered, and Mont V turned to face me. I felt Mellis move closer to me so that she was standing directly to my right while Mont V stood on my left facing me. Kyla Marie from Tithia, do you willingly accept the challenge of Imladi Fathwo life to become a part of our community? I nodded and answered more loudly than I intended. I accept the challenge. The crowd cheered again. Mont V asked, who from our community sponsors Kyla Marie in this challenge? Mellis stepped forward one step and declared, I do. The crowd erupted into cheers and claps. Mellis was a well-respected member of this community based on the feedback from the public at her declaration. Mont V nodded, Kyla, name your opponent for this challenge. The crowd was suddenly hushed. And if I closed my eyes, I would guess that I was only in the presence of the two people near me that I could hear breathing softly. My eyes shifted from Mont V to Mellis and back to the crowd. Was he out there somewhere? Did he know I would call his name? Did he fear I would call his name? Did he hope I would call his name? My eyes finally found him leaning against the cavern wall, looking smug and disinterested in the gathering. He was checking out another female about ten feet away from him with a devious glint in his eyes. He was not expecting me to call his name. He was scoping out a new victim, carefree and unconcerned. He thought I was too afraid of him to choose him. I smirked and yelled out very clearly and slowly, I challenge Twilo. The audience must have been in shock and unprepared for my response, too, because the silence that was so profound before appeared to deepen even further. My eyes remained fixed on him as he heard his name called and turned his head quickly toward me on the dais. There was a brief instant when I saw both surprise and fear in his eyes before he gave me that disgustingly dirty look that indicated he was thinking about what he would do to my body once he found me in the desert. Meanwhile, I thought about how I would kill him once I saw him in the desert. Kill him quickly to end all of our misery in the fastest way possible? Or kill him slowly to watch him suffer as the smirk and smugness left his eyes while the last of his life drained from him. There were still decisions I needed to make. After staring me down for several seconds, he stood straight and walked toward the stage where I stood. He stepped up onto it and bowed mockingly to those gathered and then to me. He smiled, but I had already seen his fear when I called his name in that split second. He was afraid of me for all his false smiles and fake confidence. 
I accept the challenge, Kyla Marie from Tethia, he declared. The crowd, which had been so silent during this whole time, erupted into a deafening cheer. I wondered if they were cheering the prospect of the fight in general or the potential death of someone in their community that they wished dead. My instincts were telling me the latter was accurate, but I thought I might be reading into it with my feelings toward him. I smirked at him coldly, turned on my heel, and left the dais with Mellis. She took me to a storage room off the main cavern, and I saw Mont V lead Tuilo off to the other side in a similar space. The room had all kinds of survival equipment, clothing, gear, food, drinks, capsules, pills, pellets, weapons, and more. I already knew what I would pack and take with me. The bare minimum needed to survive in the desert, to overcome injuries, poisons, dehydration. I would need nothing overcomplicated for fighting. I learned so many survival and combat skills that I didn't feel like I needed to be loaded down with lots of weaponry. I chose a backpack and loaded it up with ran food, saline pills for hydration, various layers of protective clothing, all thin but durable, small makeshift drop cloths that were weather resistant, a few smaller tools that were lightweight, some poison antidote pellets, and a couple pairs of shoes of different types. Then it was on to the weapons. I scanned the guns, stunners, swords, explosives, and other large-scale weapons, but my eyes finally fell on a selection of daggers and knives. I chose a utility knife with various edges and hooks that could help me in multiple situations, and I tucked it into my pocket after folding it up. The last section I reviewed was the daggers. My eyes lingered on a few, but I settled on one slightly longer than the others, with a curve toward the end. The hilt and handle were not ornate, but of deep silver color with black hash marks. The dagger looked rough, dangerous, and wicked, with an ominous yet feminine curve. I knew it was the blade for me. It chose me. I reached my hand out for it, and Mellis gasped quietly in surprise. My eyes shifted over to her as my fingers wrapped around the handle. Is this blade a bad choice? I asked her. She shook her head no and smiled softly at me. I could see a tear in her eye, but she quickly wiped it away. No, she assured me. That blade is an excellent choice. Her name is Goroy Sewer. She will serve you well. And that was all she said, but I suspected there was something more to the story of this blade. Anything else I should know about it now? I smiled. She smiled back at me. When you return, I will tell you all about this blade, and it will be yours to keep for as long as you live. I liked how she didn't say if I return, but when I return. Once the Go-Roy sewer was securely fastened onto my belt and placed on my left side, I nodded to her, throwing my backpack over my shoulder. I'm ready. She looked at me and added, Just one thing left. She took a long necklace from around her neck. It had a pretty silver and purple amulet hanging from it, some rock or gem that sparkled. She put the chain over my head and tucked the amulet down into the, my shirt so that it could not be seen. I could feel a stone against my skin on my chest, and it felt like a heart was beating in it. Maybe it was the echo of my own heart that I felt. It was warm, probably from her wearing it, and the stone had a soothing, rhythmic feature. 
You are not alone, Kyla. Those who love you and support you are always with you. She did not explain, and I asked her for none. She touched my cheek gently and then retreated into the cavern. When I stepped out, I looked across the opening and saw Twee Low step out of the storage room simultaneously. He looked ridiculously bogged down by all the things he had chosen. He looked at me as though I had not taken enough stuff with me. I smirked at him. He smirked at me and licked his lips in what he was attempting to be a seductive manner. But instead, he just looked ridiculous to me. After nodding to Mont V, standing next to Twilo, I turned away from them and followed Mellis out of the cavern opening and down a walkway that would take us outside the community to our waiting capsules. I could tell that Twilo and Mont V were walking the same way, and the crowd followed all four of us out into the hot afternoon sun. Once everyone got outside, two capsules were waiting for us. These capsules were automated, with no driver and no horses. They were already programmed to take us to different directions, to a specific location known only by those who programmed them. Each one of us had a separate programmer. Mont V turned toward the crowd to silence them and motioned us to stand in front of a capsule. I chose the one in front of me and stood and faced him, Mellis, and the crowd gathered. Mont V declared, only one or none may return to these walls till Deroy do you part. Crowd erupted in another cheer, and Twilo and I entered our respective capsules and set off into the desert. I carefully noted the position of the sun and which direction I was traveling. Additionally, I noted the direction his capsule went off before disappearing from my view. This little fucker was mine. Thank you for listening to Season 1, Episode 14, Till Do Roy Do Us Part, from the Anturia Diaries Prequel Stories Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast through your favorite podcast subscription apps or at anturia.org. Season 1, Episode 15, The Sands Are Stained Red, where Kyla attempts to survive the desert in the dangerous hands of Twilu. Stay tuned! Anturia Diaries Prequel Stories Podcast are copyright 2022 by Heather Lynn McMillan. All rights reserved. No part of these stories may be reproduced in any form or by an electronic or mechanical means, including information storage and retrieval systems, without permission in writing from the author. Disclaimer, this is a work of fiction. Names, characters, places, and incidents either are the product of the author's imagination or are used fictitiously. Any resemblance to actual persons, living or dead, events, or locales is entirely coincidental. Coincidental.